0: It's just that policy helps create bear and bull markets. And I think it's interesting that you can see exactly where these bull and bear markets start over time. Welcome to the Free From Wall Street podcast, where we share how we have done over $200 million in real estate deals to create, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. If you're ready to start investing with purpose, visit FreeFromWallStreet.com. But for now, let's dive into this episode. All right, gang. Welcome back to Free From Wall Street. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about something that is a little uncomfortable, but we're all feeling it. And it was spurred by an article that I read in the Wall Street Journal um, called The Bitter Fruit of Inflation by Arthur Laffer and Stephen Moore. This guy just got released two days ago. Um, Important article, I think, and we don't do this a lot, but we're gonna be talking a little bit, it's an opinion piece, right? So there's, but there's a lot of good facts surrounding this and I think that it's important to understand where we are in market cycles and how policy is going to affect the economy. And um, politics aside, we have to look at the numbers, right? Everybody has to understand what consequences come from what actions and has that happened historically before? And if so, what did we learn from it, if anything? Um, Unfortunately, the current administration seems to have forgotten a lot about what happened in the 70s. So, we're talking uh, to May 3rd 2022. Inflation is at the highest rate in 40 years, eight and a half percent. There's a ton of arguments online and other places about whether or not eight and a half percent is a real inflationary rate or if it's higher than that. I just want to go fill up my pickup truck and that you know, and seemingly innocuous, benign kind of single point um, is my guess is up 40 percent. So, you know, is 8.5% real, and if so, in what categories, in what sectors? And it's the highest that it's been in 40 years. Um, you know, the the point that we want to talk about today um, is that some people have learned the lessons from the last bout of inflation, how it started, the economic wreckage that it ensued, and then also how we got out of it, Um but there's also some that are saying that, you know, hey, uh, inflation is normal. It's good for consumer price indexes. It means that demand is up. Um, so let's let's dig into it. And I'm taking a lot of information from Mr. Laffer from this article, and I'll post the article in um, – in the notes here so that you can go back and kind of read it itself yourself. But I'm going to hit a lot of the tops of the waves from it. So he's talking about 1974. Um, it was the longest stretch of in- inflation, right? 74 to 80, mid 80s. Um, interest rates also were spiking during that time. So it's it's not the same, right? There are some similarities. And what I like in the article that he always talks about is that, you know, it's not going to be necessarily Apple's To apples, but there are some things that um, that I think are important. And one of the guys who wrote this article wrote an article in 1974. Mister Laffer himself wrote the bitter fruits of of devaluation, and there's a link to that article there. And obviously, inflation is a form of currency devaluation. So we're talking about the Nixon administration. this doesn't necessarily relate to today's topic but or today's um, timeframes. So they mistakenly had the belief that a cheaper dollar would spur growth. So they reduced the value. They intentionally devalued the dollar and they reduced the trade deficit. The people that really suffered the most here are the middle class. They're hit by rising prices between 72 and 81 under Nixon, Ford, and Carter hourly earnings went up roughly 70% from $4 to $7. Sounds familiar, right? Now we're beating the $15 an hour drum. And uh, regardless of how you view that politically and life wages and things, there is a increase in wages that has been going on across the country, which it's um, in comparison, this was a 70% gain. Uh, but when you when you accounted for inflation, workers were actually losing money because the purchasing power of those wages fell by 12 percent. So even with that 70 percent gain, the, that, the power of where those wages could purchase fell by 12 percent. Um, because of that, Ford and Carter were removed from office. Um and again, regardless of where you sit politically, I've been having the conversation with a lot of our friends that it doesn't matter um, what the current administration is being uh, blamed for or what they actually did to help us get into the situation, if anything. But people, voters, holistically, will vote um, to get that person out of office if it gets bad enough, right? And I feel like it's... Getting, I mean, we're only a year and a half into this administration. and We're starting to see some significant inflation, significant price increases, um, things like that. So that's uh, part of the warning sign, right, for presidents in office is that if you look historically, the people that do not get reelected, the reasons are largely economic. So today our wages are up about five and a half, 5.6%. Consumer prices are up 8.5%. So that also means that even with wage increases, we're losing money based on inflation. So I remember in uh, COVID, right? They started talking about with um, all the supply chain issues and that it's a temporary fix. And uh, I believe they said inflation was transitory is the, the meme that's been going around. Um you know, obviously it's not right. It's, it continues to be an issue. Um, and you can only blame it so far on global factors that are beyond our, our control. So then he switches in the article and he starts talking about well, what about the wealth of Americans, right? What about the stock market? What about their in, their retirement plans? What about their 401ks, things like that? And again, in 1974, he warned about a bear market that would come on the backside of this price increase and devaluation and he he nailed it right if you look at what he said would happen and then what happened he um he nailed it as as they have a chart here that shows the dow jones climbing over a thousand in the mid-60s and then bottomed out at 777 right a loss of 33 percent in the summer of 1982 a 22 percent reduction in values in total nominal terms um Investors like workers care about real returns, so they adjust for inflation, and the industrial average fell during that period by more than 70%, the worst 15-year stock performance since the crash in 29. We voted in Reagan. Reagan and the Fed chairman Paul Volcker had to sweat the 11% inflation out of the system through a return to stable dollar regime. I'm quoting here from his article. Um along with supply side tax cuts that encourage production of goods and services and then a bull market ensued. Right. But there was a long period. Right. Of uh, inflation and bear market. And this bull market took place over the next 40 years between 82 and 2022. And inflation averaged 3% during that 40-year period of time until our current administration. And I know there's a lot of uh, things to point to regarding what creates that um, inflation in the first place. But also, I think it's important to recognize that inflation hurts the American worker in their salaries and their savings. Um, he goes on to talk about how demand-siders are wrong, and the argument is that um, multi-trillions of dollars of government spending in welfare programs and putting, are putting money into people's pockets, which translates into high, higher consumer demand. But it just doesn't pan out that way. Um, we've been giving and printing away money for a while um, through this COVID process, and it still hasn't helped inflation because people are not just demand-sided. Right. So um, in 1970, the collapse of the worker incomes and stock market wasn't due only to inflation. It was also an era of increasing regulation, vast expansion on the welfare state, wage and price controls, which made made inflation worse, rising global tariffs. And because capital gains isn't taxed, indexed for inflation, many shareholders were paying an inflationary gain of almost 100 percent. So. You know, as we look at the, there's two tax bills, right? There's a budget and a tax and a Build Back uh, American bill still in in front of Congress right now. They're requesting 2.5 trillion in just tax increases, including a tax of trillions of dollars of unrealized capital gains. Well, you start taxing unrealized capital gains, you're going to put an even bigger squeeze on that inflationary market, and um, you know that that's going to be uh, that's going to hurt the American family. I think. Um, they're still peddling a five trillion dollar Build Back uh, Better bill. So, if you allow those two bills to get passed, the budget and then the five trillion dollar bill, you know what does that mean for inflation? So, great article. Um, you know how does that how does that uh, relate to kind of market cycles and real estate and recessions and uh, bear markets and things like that? You know, one—it's just that policy helps create bear and bull markets, and I think it's interesting that you see exactly where these bull and bear markets start over time. And you know, every business cycle is unique, of course. And he mentions that that comparing one era to another often yields incorrect conclusions. Um, but the policy needs to get reversed in this particular case you know, this is what Lafferty is saying. Um, otherwise, it am metastasize into a lot of inflation, right? And that's probably not good for investors in the stock market. It's probably not good for the American family in terms of um, bear markets and inflationary seasons. So why are we bringing this stuff up? I mean, for us, this is a really big reason that we invest in real estate. And you know, non-correlated assets to markets when you're in a rising interest rate, rising inflation season, over the long term, hedges very much against inflation. And that's because of mortgages. That's because of appreciation of values. That's because of rents going up. That's, um, so anyway, as a portion of your portfolio, and I'm not a financial advisor, uh, you can talk to somebody on our team that is, but it's important to have non-correlated assets like we do in our portfolios so that uh, as the foundations get a little shaky, you don't have all your eggs in that shaky basket. So thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. We'll check you next time. Thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think.